All right, well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to our midweek service. For those watching out there online, those in the house, uh, we're going to, I believe, I believe, don't know, we'll finish up on diligent discipline um, uh, today. All right, but before I do that, I want to thank, me, uh, on behalf of my wife, want to thank everybody for all their help for the anniversary. Um, the anniversary was just... Uh, it was uh, phenomenal, you know, considering the weather and some of the different things that um, <laughs> the adversary tried to stop us from doing our thing. Uh, but we really had a good time. Every guest had a wonderful time. Uh, they just kept talking about you guys. Um, some more volume and some more, too. Uh, they just really, um, uh, Pastor, uh, Pastor Barnes, uh, he leaned over and said, how can I join your church? You know, uh, but I don't think he was joking. You know, he was like, really, you know. Um, um, and then uh, you guys, the dance ministry, uh, he's going to show you got the dance to his congregation. You know, he said, it, uh, he said, I've never seen nothing like that ever. I've never seen nothing like that. Um, but, but he was saying that about everything, just, uh, you know, the service, the people, the love, the harmony, uh, the fellowship, the family. Um, he says, I, you know, I've been all over. I've never seen what, what I experienced at your church. I just want to let you guys know it's because of, you know, all the, the work behind the scenes up front, uh, the diligence and the discipline um, that you guys uh, utilize. Hold on one second. So, again, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, the barber, you just came in. We were just thanking you guys for everything you did this weekend and just sharing the impact. Rosetta didn't want to go home. You know, she, she really enjoyed herself. And, um, and just going the extra mile, some people came out even that day and pointed out. Actually, it was, uh, it was a visitor's friend that came, and they pointed out how uh, Stella was loving on them in the in in the fellowship hall, it was like, wow, like no one's ever done this to me before, for me before. So sometimes it's the simple things. And really all you was doing was serving food, I think. But for him, it was like, well, I think he asked for extra, yeah, have what you want. He was like, for real? You know, it was just, so, you know, sometimes it's just the littlest things, that little extra. And that was when he came when everybody was pretty much done. So the fact that you still had a loving heart, even though, um, the the uh, uh, the cafe was closing. <laughs> uh, that that really meant a lot to him. So thank y'all, thank y'all. We can't thank you enough um, for uh, just just how you flow all the time to be around. As LaBarba said, this is what we do. Uh, so, all right. So let's let's get into this word. Let's go to First Samuel four. Again, we're talking about diligent discipline. And just the value of this. So, so this is actually interesting enough, you know, how we, we were talking in Bible school, how, how things come up, you know. Again, remember how we talked about when you're reading the Bible, it's a whole Bible. There's two Testaments. You know, there's uh, books within the Testament. There's passages within the books. So a lot of times you can read something, you can, and, but you just don't want to, be so locked in on that one little thing you read, see how it harmonizes with the entire Bible. 
right? Now, to do that, you've got to go through the entire, you know. You got you know, you to be willing to research. Let's say if you, you see something that doesn't line up with um, what you've heard before or the God that you know, right? So go through the scriptures. All that is is challenging us to, hey, let me just go in here and see because I know God and this seems a little different from the God that I know. All right, let me go in here and see what this is about, right? And so I thought this was interesting in line of what we're talking about um, because it's in the Old and New Testament. So First Samuel, did I tell you to go there? Four. First Samuel 4 and verse 9. It says, be strong, look at this, and quit yourselves like men, O ye Philistines, um, o ye Philistines, that ye be not servants unto the Hebrews as they have been to you. Quit yourselves like men and fight. So what it's saying is like, um, take courage and act like mature men and stand up to what's trying to back you down, right? Uh, and actually, the, the same scripture you can find in 1 Corinthians 6.13. So quit you like men, take courage, act like mature male and females, and stand up to what's trying to back you down, right? Uh, Jeremiah 12, uh, 12, 5 says this, if the footmen weary thee, how are you going to run with the horses? So what, it, what it's saying is like if, if you're, you're in certain stages uh, that, you know, we're growing through stages here, you know, in our lives. We're growing through stages, you know. Uh, I was telling somebody earlier, I said, you know, when you have a pioneer planted church, it's like a, a premature child. So, as you know, they, they, they're birthed prematurely, so they can't come home yet, right? And so I have to keep them in the incubator for a while until what? You know, just, just their natural uh, foundation develops, right? Because they're not ready to, for the demands of the world yet. So it's almost like, so they're simulating them in the womb even though they're out of their original womb, right? So when you, when you have a pioneer planted church, it's similar. It's like it's premature because we showed up with me and Pastor Mel. We didn't show up with a team. When you have a team, you already got who you can trust. You already got who you roll with. You already got who's in agreement. You already got people running with the vision. But when you were Pioneer Planet, like we're, the first f f five years or so, six years or so, you're still in the incubator. Even though people see years are going by and you're, you're, you're three years old, you're four years old, you're five years old. Yeah, but we're still in the incubator. And then we, when you break out of the incubator, you start to grow. You start to build. And you, but just like the child, when the child comes home, now they have, they're developing, they're developing their motor skills, developing their balance, right? Developing their speech, how to communicate. Well, this is what we've been doing, right? You have, because we were premature. Does that make sense? Right? And so, so during this process, you're under resistance and attack because the adversary doesn't want God what God has planned, but... He only sent in, the, there's only the footmen at the early levels because all the horses, the, 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 the greater level of attacks are for the people that are greater stages, you know, uh, greater stages of establishment. So, so the scripture says be faithful in the least. So at, at, at the younger levels, 
if the footman worry thee, if the, the, the regular basic misunderstandings and frustrations worry thee, how you gonna run with the horses? So when you're in process, like you think about, you know how sometimes we grow and we have a short fuse? Y'all know, y'all remember short fuses, right? For some people it was not that long ago, right? Like earlier today, right? But you know, but, but that's testing where you are. That's not for you to be condemn yourself. It's you know how you think you're at a certain place in Christ, then, you know, somebody says something to you, rub you the wrong way, challenge your ego, or, um, you know, disregard you. Well, it, you're going to really see where you are when that happens. So that's your measure of where you are. Like, are you ready for, because we got to be unmovable. We got to be diligently disciplined and stay locked in. All right, so, so again, don't, don't let the early stages of you growing, going through the agony to, to make it an appetite, um, then for it to cross over to amusement. Don't let the early stages weigh you out because trust me, the horses are coming, right? And, and so I, I, when, I, when I look at life, I watch how people are growing in the kingdom and sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're just existing in the kingdom. You know, they're just hanging around the kingdom, not necessarily grabbing the nectar of what they could get. You know, some of you guys have had jobs and you're on the job and you, you're elevating on the job and somebody started with you at the same time you started. And then they're looking at you, man, I remember when we was uh, in the break room together. And, and, and you ain't gonna say it, but you're thinking the whole time, like, you know, we like started this thing together. And if you would embrace the same level of diligence and discipline that I did, you probably would be out ahead of me with your gifts, right? But you, you got lazy, right? You got lazy. And, and so in the kingdom, I watch how some people are just, just hovering. You know, uh, uh, the man of God was talking about the butts, right? You know, and he was just talking about, you know, really, really uh, locking in. And then Sunday, um, uh, Pastor Jason talked about flourishing in the kingdom and how you flourish when you're really locked in and planted. But I watch how some people are just waiting to die. I'm not saying they're killing themselves. What I'm saying is they're just hanging around waiting to die, just existing. You know, people rushing Jesus. You ever see, you ever hear people all the time, Jesus coming soon, he coming soon. And they've been saying this for the last 15 years. Almost like they're rushing Jesus to come soon so they don't have to get involved in the game, right? So we have to stop, stop waiting to physically die and commit to spiritually live. We have to stop waiting to physically die and commit to spiritually live. And, and, and to commit to spiritually live, it's a, it's a diligent discipline, but it's a faith thing. We talked about this the other week with diligent discipline. It's a faith thing, holding on to my faith regardless of what's coming at me. Um, and so we got to ask ourselves, why are we rushing Jesus? Are we rushing Jesus to make it easier for us to quit? Because Jesus is coming at his time. But the scripture says, when the Son of Man come, shall he find faith on the earth? You know, shall he find you so doing? Remember, when the husband man's return, will he find you doing or will he find you just looking for him? <laughs> right? Will he find you utilizing the faith that God has given you? And, and the interesting thing is, as I was just meditating on this for today, you know, Jesus didn't take us out of the world, didn't die to take us out of the world anyway. Let's look here at John 10, 10. All right? Let's make a little, just a little side journey on why we should maintain our diligence. Uh, 
So John 10.10, 10, it says, the thief cometh not but to steal, but for to steal, to kill and destroy. I am come that ye, that they might have life and, and that they might have it more abundantly. And then let's go over here to John 17. John 17. And verse 15. Look at this. Now, Jesus is, through this whole chapter, is Jesus' intercessory prayer. Verse 15 says this. It says, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from, from the evil. Right? So, so, Jesus said, I'm praying that you don't take them out of the world, but just keep them from the evil that's within the world. So, he didn't come to, to rush us out of the, the kingdom. Why would God plant us in, this, in his kingdom Pray, tell us to pray for it to be on earth as it is in heaven. Why in the last days there's going to be a new heaven and a new Jerusalem if he's trying to rush us out, right? He just doesn't want us to be uh, conformed to what the adversary has created till he come and clean all this stuff up, right? So, so we have to watch as we're, we're growing through the diligent discipline that we don't yield to self-pity. You know, the I am a victim, Right? So I'm a victim is for hustle versus I'm a victor, that's for healing. I'm a, I'm a victim is for, for, for hustle. See, I'm a victim, I'm t I, I, you know, I need you to move and to put forth diligent discipline to get me out of the position I put myself in, right? But I'm a victor, I need to move and position myself where I can be whole and healed. Right? So we need to shift ourselves from victims to victors, right? I heard one of the men of God talk about that this week, right? We're more than conquerors, right? And so the scripture says in Luke 18.1, you could just write it down when you get a chance, 18.1 and 18.8. But 18.1 says, men ought always to pray and not give up. So I thought through this, and as we're trying to be diligent, we're trying to be disciplined, things will happen. Like I was talking about this week, you know, here we're believing to have a wonderful anniversary weekend and you get the tropical storm report. Well, we, I'm praying. Like I'm not, you know, and, and, and you got everybody at different levels. So even, you know, some people close to me, hey man, you know, what are we going to do about the weather? You know, what about the weather? You know, uh, and then I, the people were planning to travel and it's like, well, hey man, because of that tropical storm, well, we prayed. You know, the power went out on Friday night, Friday afternoon at 4 o'clock. Right? We prayed. We didn't call around. I ain't called nobody. <laughs> I ain't tell nobody nothing. <laughs> right? Me and my wife were talking, I just prayed. Right? Stuck in traffic, prayed. Like, when I say stuck in traffic, not moving at all. Almost like today we was driving. There's another accident. I don't know how somebody loses their entire motor, but the guy's motor was across from him, like ripped out of the car, you know. Um, but I heard my wife. She, she, saw the, she saw the police cars from a distance. She, started, she was already praying for the service, and she says, and Lord, that we have a smooth traffic, <laughs> and, and we just kept on going through, right? And so, so, so we... Men ought to always pray and not quit, not give up. See, I just use scenarios where, 
what? It's, it's, it's tempting you to what? To give up, to turn around, to go back, right? No, no, no. Pray first. Like, like pray first, right? When something happens, pray. give God a shot first, right? Be diligent with that. See, see, because that was, that was verse 1. Verse 8 says, when the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith? Us operating and acting and living in faith, right? Will, will that be our default? Because remember, he dealt with the disciples. We're on a boat. The storm comes. He goes, how is it that you have no faith in one version? Another version says, ye of little faith. See, see in, our, in our culture, the victim is going to get offended. What you trying to say? He said it. Ye of little faith. How is it that you have no faith? That's not him putting them down. That's him wondering why. Well, see, in our culture, somebody wonders why you're in that position. We get offended. Like, 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 do you understand when you're not where you need to be, somebody needs to tell you you're not there so you can get where you need to be? Do you realize that? That's not nobody tripping. Like here, we have to, we have to tell, hey, 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 no, 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 no. Do you know, do you realize where you are? Because sometimes we're looking like maybe they don't realize where they are. You know, we don't go in, they know, because it seems like, it's, you ever talk to somebody, it seems obvious, you're like, you know, don't they see, almost like a booger on your nose, don't, don't somebody see, don't you see? Well, no, if they did, they would remove it, right? So, so sometimes people are not aware, and we go in, me and Pastor Mel, we go into situations, maybe they don't know. That's why we ask so many questions, but you know how you, you tell on yourself, when somebody asks you a question instead of answering, you, 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 you start to go into the mind games and, play, and hustling, which you're saying that you already knew. Because <laughs> if you didn't know, somebody asked you a question, you just answer the question. Oh, well, nah, I didn't even realize that. You know what I'm saying? Just answer the question. Because we're trying to locate you so we can help you get where you are. If you call somebody up and you say you lost, you know what they're going to do? They're going to ask you where you at. You can't lie. How you gonna get where you going? You gonna tell somebody the false address? This is what we do in our lives. Somebody asks you where you at, and you tell them something. You tell them where you wanna be. You gotta tell them where you at. But you gotta be honest about where you at. So they can get you where you have to go. Does that make sense? You know what I'm saying? But that's not, so here we at, listen. Sometimes you're, you're, you're dogged if you do and dogged if you don't. If we don't ask questions, oh, you just gonna, uh, uh, Judge me or assume something. We do ask questions. Why you asking me questions? You always ask me, what you want? Questions mean we value you. We means we're giving you credit for wisdom and insight, and we're saying, hey, had you considered this, assuming maybe you have, just because it's obvious to us don't mean it's obvious to everybody. Does that make sense? And I can keep us diligently moving. The scripture says this, and this is what we're going through. It says, in the last days, men's hearts will fail, right? And that's uh, Luke 21, 26. Write that down and study it for yourself. But it says men's hearts will fail because why? The adversary panics more, and he tries to throw more stuff at you. And if he can't get to you, he's going to get to who's ever connected to you, right? Not because, no, not because anybody's trying to be evil. It's because he's panicking. He's trying to take who he can. Just listen, you can't, 
okay, you, you can do whatever you want. But I'm saying, we got to stop, like, looking at it like, when, when something comes at you, okay, this is good. Why would the devil attack you? If you're worth nothing, why is he attacking you? Because you don't attack nobody that's worth anything, that's not worth anything, because you ain't worried about them. I used to tell my son, I said, son, why are they trying to threaten you? Why are they trying to talk about they're going to beat you up? It's a basketball game. It's not a boxing ring. Why are they doing that? Why? If they're so good, why don't they just beat you with their game? They're trying to beat you with their mouth because they're scared of you. That works to your advantage. That's telling you how they see you because if you was garbage, they wouldn't bother you at all. They would just hope you shoot. <laughs> Keep on shooting. Keep on missing, or as we used to say, he with us, right? The adversary is coming at you because every time, you, you ever seen a movie where, uh, I, I know one of them is Minority Report, where the guy was in a reality, but they had messed with his head when he had went to this shop, where, so they, they messed with his head, so he kind of was, thought he was in reality, but he really was in a, in a dream but he kept getting glimpses of reality. So it was like, and, and, and you, he would get like flashes. So you ever like get flashes of, of, of stuff you know you can do? Or flash, or you do things that you go, I can't believe I did that, nobody saw it. I don't know if I could do it again. Sometimes we go right into denial once God does something special with us. We go right into, well, that was a fluke, couldn't possibly be me. No, it was you. The real you came out, right? Well, the adversary immediately starts to attack your mind. It starts to send people around you. So one of you attack your mind. If that works, he's good. He's like, well, we get in their head easy, right? But let's say you don't go for it. Then he sends people to start to go, you know, I don't know, James. I mean, you know, it seems like you, you trying to act like you better than them. Like, just try to get you to what? Try to defend. No, I'm not, I'm not trying. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not better than you. I'm not trying to say I'm better than you. He's just trying to get you to work against yourself. You're trying to prove to them that you're not trying to be who you are? That makes no sense. So he'll try to mind games. But everything is, is, is trying to get you off of staying locked into what God told you to do. When you start to get glimpses of you, jump on it. Act on it. Now, one of the things about Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan uh, is in a playoff game. He goes up, makes a move, jumps up in the air. You see it on TV. They try to block a shot. He brings it down, and he makes it with the left hand. Well, he goes back, watches it on video. Now, now that's one of his moves now. It's something he did. It just came out. And what he used to say is, I just jump in the air. I don't know what's going to happen until I get there. By faith. Then something happens that no one's ever seen, but now he goes back and he watches it over and over and over, and it becomes a, a part of his repertoire. That's what we're supposed to do. When we see what God's doing through us, man, we're supposed to watch that game film, right? And, and make that a part of who we are. How, how, how we, when we walk circumspectly, not, not, a, not a fluke, but it's who we are, right? So we got to be diligent in those things. And this is the thing, the adversary is constantly coming at us. He's trying to oppress us, weigh us down. We've never seen the, the levels of depression and oppression in, that we've ever seen in our country before. Now, a lot of it is all the, the food and the, the medications and the people taking, uh, you know, all these like weight loss medications and stuff, you know, it just starts to mess with your head. 
because you're not designed to do it that way. You know, so you start taking stuff and it's, it's doing one thing, but it's affecting something else. It's throwing the hormones off, right? Why? Right. Well, the scripture says this, Ecclesiastes 7, 7. It says, oppression maketh a wise man mad or crazy, right? And uh, I'm going to read it out of the Amplified Classic Version. It says, surely oppression and ex extortion, you know, when you're extorted, <laughs> right, make a wise man foolish and a bribe destroys the understanding and judgment. See, 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 the adversary breaks you and then says, well, here, take this, man. Uh, man, the possibility of you getting what you was believing for is probably not going to happen. So just take this now, right? Try, try to get you to take a bribe. But it destroys understanding and throws off judgment. See, oppression uh, or to be pressed or, or it's the opposite of liberty. I'm, 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 I'm living in a restraint, right? But, but see, but the, the, the culture tries to feed you information through, like we talked about sound, through sound effects to convince you you can't. And so... It's not enough that, it's, that, that everything in the world is trying to, to uh, stop you from being diligent and disciplined, but he constantly just feeds you subliminal message all the time. You know, why bother? Eh, you can't do that. You know the possibility you're doing that? You, you always start something and never finish it, so come on, you're kidding yourself, right? Right. And, and, and so then he offers us a bribe, right? So something that helps us temporarily, well, put it this way. Some of us are being bribed out of our diligent discipline. Because we, 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 I've seen, and God showed me this, all of us have had a level of diligent discipline. Some of us, it's, it's been a long time since we was young, and it could have been a relationship, could have been abuse, uh, could have been a misunderstanding. You know, you could have got overconfident. People were trying to tell you, you know, you probably don't want to be spend time with them, and you did it anyway, and it cost you, or you start hanging around the wrong people. You know, you know how stuff like that happens. Um, but, but eventually, we got bribed out of our diligent discipline, and then we just lost sight of it. You know, and then we find ourselves, I got to get back to that. I'm going to get back to that. I'm going to get back to where I was. We're really not trying to get where you were. You're trying to get where God wants you to go, right? Just, that diligent discipline ain't going to work you know, that dog ain't going to hunt right now, <laughs> right? You got this. It's a new level of diligent discipline God wants you to operate in. So watch these bribes. Watch these little conveniences. See, it's a temporary convenience at the expense of everlasting fulfillment. So watch these little, that's uh, ah, okay right now. Listen, just take this right now. Don't, be, don't keep staying locked in for what you was believing for. And you create the delay. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm believing Sometimes we was a step away, but then we just allowed the adversary to have us to quit, right? Right, took that bribe, and then now we're starting all over again. And, but we're blaming God. Why does it take us so long? God said, because you stay locked in. Stay locked in, finish. Complete what you got to do, and then I'll pour on what I have to pour on, right? And this is the thing. It's like, It, it takes faith, it's, it's hope, it, intense expectancy. One of the things I love about, you, about uh, what, I, what, I, what I've been seeing, or I'm sure my wife has seen it too, in this church is the intense expectancy, hope. Now, I, I shared this with a man of God at one time, 
Uh, so, you know, I mean, the church had grown, I don't know, it could have been 10, 12 years old. Uh, and so he walked in the room and he says, well, he says, be honest, I'm not really thinking about nobody. Like in terms of what's on people's lives, how to assist them in doing what's on their lives. He says, you know, maybe like, you know, a few years ago uh, when, when things were kind of rolling, but right now I'm trying to, re I'm trying to reestablish my church. This is what he said. He said our, he said my. And, and he wasn't trying to be evil. He probably just was just, probably just processing through. He's going through a lot, right? But, I, but I, I met with him. I met with him later and I said, listen, I said, you probably, I know you didn't do this on purpose. You know, I'm, remember I told you I'm Nathan, right? I said, you didn't do this on purpose, but you took the hope out of the room. He said, huh? I said, well, the, you took the hope. I said, some people at the stage that you made your statement might have been a diligent and believing God for 11 years or 12 years. Th this might have been at the 15-year mark. And I said, and you just said you starting from scratch. So you just told that person that might be 57, you're starting completely over. <laughs> and they thought they were... Uh, a breakthrough away. <laughs> I said, you just took the hope out of the room. I said, not for someone like me because I know what God has done. This is, these are my exact words. I said, what God has for us, he has for us. I said, but everybody don't be thinking like that. And see, see, so hope is big. You know, if you thought you've done everything, you're going to lose hope, right? But if you found out it's something that you haven't done, that you've never applied, that should give you hope. I didn't do this. <laughs> You know, so, so you should get, you should light up, right? Because you go, hold on. I ain't never did this. I never even knew about that. Hold on a second. I thought it was hopeless, but it's hopeful because there's still stuff I have not done that I can do, right? And the thing is, there is no pill that can give you hope. There's no pill. Do you know special pill? Faith sets the table. Faith sets the table. You see, so faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So when, with faith, you see it as it's so. As the scripture is calling things that, that'll be not as though they were, Romans uh, 4.17, right? Uh, Hebrews 11.1 1 says, it's the, it says, it's the substance of things hoped for. It's the guaranteed deed that, that helps you to believe for what hasn't happened yet, right? And so that's going to create a level of hope. So we have to allow the experience to increase our hope. Some of the experience we're in, when we apply our faith to it and we go through the experience, it increases our hope because we discover something that we've never done or, or things, we start doing stuff that we were never capable of doing. But you got to get through it. You got to get through it. Let's look here at Romans 5. So I, I was also meditating on how the scripture says, who builds a house and doesn't count the cost? You know, when you go into this life as a Christian, we had a class at the last church. One of the discipleship classes was count the cost. You know, and so I remember I used to do the class, and I was like, listen, you know, understand it costs something. But what it costs doesn't measure up to what you're going to, the value of what you're going to get. You know, as soon as you spend whatever you spend, it appreciates by 100 in the kingdom of God. But it does cost. Like, you're not just going to sit around and it's going to happen by osmosis. It's going to cost some diligent discipline. Let's look here at uh, Romans 5, just speaking about that. 
Romans 5, we're going to start here, verse 1, okay? Romans 5, verse 1. It says, look, it says, therefore, being justified by faith, right? It says, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, right? So I'm justified by faith, right? It says, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God, right? And not only so, but we glory, look, look, we glory in tribulations also. So we're glorying in this faith and this hope in, in, in God's glory coming or operating in the gifts of God. But it says we glory in tribulations also. We don't move off of, of, of glorifying God and staying locked in because there's tests and trials. That's what tribulation is. It says knowing that tribulation, look, worketh patience, right? It says, and patience experience. Look, look, and experience hope. See, once I've been patient through whatever's coming at me, it, when I come out of it, I have the experience of having gone through it. One of the things we were talking about, me and my wife was meditating on this weekend, and I was sharing with, uh, I don't know, I, oh, I was sharing this with a pastor, and I was saying, you know, it's a fortunate thing, even though some people may not see it, it's a fortunate thing that we started ministry at 48. Right. Now, that's not, you don't see that everywhere. You know, a lot of people started 20-something, 30-something. But I said it's fortunate because not only did we see the beginning of things, we saw the, the finality of them. So we saw how things look shiny, but then the end result. We saw the truth, you know, how it all played out. Um, and then we went through experience. So going through experience, we deal with things different. You know, we have certain patterns. Now, why do they flow like this? Through experience, we understand no matter how it looks, be consistent. One thing you hear about around here, unless you, you ain't paying, I don't care how it looks, I don't care who shows up, I don't care if it's two, I don't care if it's 20, I don't care if it's 2,000. Don't change what you do. Be consistent, right? But sometimes we're moved by, by circumstance, numbers, if it's shiny, if everybody's, no, just be, stay the course, right? But I learned that through, um, uh, doing uh, campus ministries and things like that, but I really learned it through corrections. Because when you go in there, them, places, them units was wild, like violently wild. And what you had to, you can't just change, walk in there, oh, everybody act right. No, it don't happen like that, but you, you, what you do is you establish a foundation and you stick with it, no matter how much people kick and scream, not how much they mad at you, fighting, I ain't going to my cell. Well, you either go on your own or you get dragged. Right? So, 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 no matter what they do, you stay consistent. After a while, the whole culture changes. And the people that come in new, they look around, they go, I guess this is what everybody's doing. That's what we're growing. But we got we to gotta allow some people, we've allowed people to mess up. We allowed some people to be zealous. Allow some people to be selfish. Some people have actually hurt people unintentionally. Some people have actually rubbed people the wrong way and they left. You know what I'm saying? But it's a part of growing. You understand what I'm saying? Like, like I, we have to understand that. Like, like, as you're growing your child, he goes through stages. My son talked about stages. You know, he'd laugh about some of the stuff, but it wasn't funny at the time. It wasn't. And it didn't look like it was going to change. But we were consistent. 
and you hear him talking to him, like he wasn't trying to hear a word, he's hanging on every word. But guess what? It's more love because we've gone through an experience. Like we, 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 I, I, okay. She's giving her life for him, obviously, right? But me, when I came along, I gave my life for him. She gave her life first, obviously, right? But I gave my life. At his wedding, I said, my son taught me how to love because he wasn't being lovable. It cost something. So you can't convince my son that we don't love him because of the experience, because we gave our life for him. Right? Does that make sense? <laughs> I said Proverbs 13. Well, well I'm going to let you write it down for the sake of time, but Proverbs 13, 2, it says, Hope deferred maketh the heart sick. You know what that means? When, 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 when we're believing for something and it's deferred, it can tempt you to feel like quitting. If it doesn't happen as soon as you think... Do you understand these testimonies we got in the Bible of all through Hebrews 11, these people of faith? Do you, do you think, oh, they was just sweet with faith? Do you think Sarah, Sarah actually laughed when, when she first heard what God wanted to do, right? And look at all the times Abraham was like, uh, no, 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 she ain't, Sarah who? She ain't with me. You understand that they, they, they grew, they went through experience to realize their faith. Like, you don't run from the experience. It's what, like, it's what shows you how much God loves you, but it also shows you how much love God put in you. But you got to go through it. You see what I'm saying? You got to, we got to go. Listen, that woman right there, I love her. And I know she loves me because of what she's experienced, what she's gone through. You can't convince me Melanie don't love me. I see it in her eyes all the time, right? I doubt very seriously if you can convince Melanie I don't love her. No matter what, like, you, you can try to run up on her, I don't know if, if Pastor Keith loves you. she probably smack you. Man, please. Right, right, so, and you can't just get in our relationship. And people have tried. I'm not even talking about trying to get with us. I'm talking about just trying to divide us. Man, please. Like, they don't know what we've been through. And so, so we could be busy, but you'll draw our attention if you try to divide us. Like, we could be so busy. I've been doing, man, excuse, wait, whoa, what was that? What you just say? Excuse me? Oh, no, 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 no. You, you got to be crazy. We had a situation where one person like, oh, 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 no, 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 I don't think you understand. Like, we together. Now, now, we tell each other the truth. I'm not saying we together, no matter what, you know how the parents show up. That can't be my baby. Not my baby. Yo, yo, yes, your baby. It's your baby that did it. We ain't like that. We ain't doing that. We, we tell each other the truth. We challenge each other. You know, there's times when the church has said some stuff. My wife's like, yeah, baby, they right. I was like, I thought you was on my team. Thought we was rolling together. So I had to come through the whole church and apologize because of you. <laughs> But what I'm saying is, but the, just let you know, she's going to tell me that we're we going to sit and talk through it, like, like tough conversations. But we together. Don't bother. It's a waste of time, right? I right, so James chapter 1 says this, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. What, what's that? Different tests and trials. 
Knowing this, the trying of your faith will work patience. Let patience have its perfect work that you'll be perfect and entire, complete and entire, lacking nothing. So we got to go through it, right? So it says when it comes, it's, 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 it's doing something for you. When the weights come on the bar, they're, they're doing something. They're making me stronger. I don't want to push the weight, but I ain't going to get no stronger unless I do. I don't even want to go to the gym. So I think there's something out in the street coming against me saying, oh, bro, you're always working out. Go on back to the house. <laughs> Take a break. But I, but I got to go. I got to press through. Right? Man, you only had a few hours of sleep. See, my rule is if I get up, I'm going to the gym. If I wake up early, you up now, bro. Get your butt, go on to the gym. Right? But it, that resistance, that breaking, actually is building strength. So he's saying, count it all joy. Well, don't, don't, don't panic when something come at you. Count it all joy. It's going to work something out. And you'll be perfect and entire lack of nothing, right? So, so Romans 5, I didn't leave there for a reason. Um, because verse 6 says this. It says, for when we were yet without strength, right? We didn't have all we need. In due time, Christ died for the ungodly, right? I just thought that was powerful. And then it says, uh, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die. But yet perhaps for a good man, some would even dare to die. It says, but God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So I said, people would barely, barely die for somebody that's just doing right, that they care about. He said he died for a bunch of people that didn't care nothing about him, right? But, but I thought this was good. It says, when we were without strength. And, and so when I was processing through that, when we were out the ability to give all our glory in exchange for God's glory, Christ died and did it for us. Because, see, the scripture says go from glory to glory. So I give up all I have, Phoenicia. I give up all I had to get all he has. But sometimes I don't have the strength to give it all up. You know how you guys came together and got married, right? And so, so we get married. Let's get married. Walk down the aisle. Somebody's probably thinking this is forever. You know, I, I didn't really think through the fact that it was forever. But I've committed. You know, we already sent out the invitations, right? <laughs> so now you're coming together and you're in love, right? You are in love, right? I just checking. All right, so, so, but then there's this, this time in a relationship where you know you got to give more than you had already earmarked for the relationship. Because, you know, without all the information, you figure, okay, I can give this to the relationship and I still got this for me, right? Y'all understand, right? You guys is mature, you're older, you've been through all the experience, right? Right? And so when that first happens, you're like, nah, nah. I'm protecting this. I'm not giving this up. No, no. Because if I give this up, you can actually hurt me. And I've set this up where I, we can have fun together, but I'm not being totally vulnerable. So I know that I know that I know. That's when the relationship starts now. Because now you got to give up yourself. No, no, give, give up, you got to give up your stash. You know, you got, you got your stash, you got to give up your stash. Now, that's hard, right? Like to really give all of yourself to this relationship. 
Y'all know what I'm talking about? Y'all know what I'm talking about? You're barely doing it with friendships. So you know what I'm talking about, right? That's all. It happens in church. I mean, I give a little bit, but I, 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 I ain't like, we ain't, we ain't going to go all that far, right? But you understand, what you need to understand is that's what's costing you. You have to be, see, you, see, if we do it right, we trust God. If we trust God, God leads us into every relationship, in the church relationship, family relationship, job relationship. And so we're not just trusting these people with reckless abandon. God led us here. And we trust in God. Oh, God, you wouldn't send me in no craziness. So I'm going to be all in because of God, not all in because of the person. And I'm going to tell you what you're going to do is you're going to, you're going to place a demand on that person where they got to give all they sell. What? Same thing. We get, listen, listen, listen. Unless y'all blind around here. We've been giving all of ourselves to y'all. Y'all can hurt us. Y'all not going to hurt us, are you? All right, just to make sure I say that. You know, because I made the statement, you know, somebody might cut that clip off and go, hey, let's go hurt pastor. You said it, we can hurt us. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is we are, we've given ourselves. We're, hey, we out here. Right? We out here. Right? And so, but I saw, I've been seeing something. I, I see it like, I, when I get a chance to stop and look, I see it's placing a demand on people to give all themselves. I've been watching it. Like, I see some phenomenal things happening around here. I see some wonderful things. I'm looking forward to some things that I'm seeing, right? And, and, and some people have been kicking and screaming along the way. Show of hands. No, don't, don't put your hand up. <laughs> he got his hand up. He got his hand up. <laughs> right? Dave was about to put his hand up. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> My buddy Austin's paying attention back there. He put his hand up, <laughs> right? Because it's hard. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so, but when we give of ourselves, that well, we have to be patient enough, endure the challenge and the resistance, you know, the jokes, the excuses, the pot shots, the, uh, the attacks, the, uh, you know, because sometimes when somebody really gets close to your heart, you know, you got a panic room, you know. How many of y'all had a panic room before? You know what I mean? Like, ah! Like, so your panic room, sometimes you argue, sometimes you lie, right? Because you, you, cause you, you're, uh-oh, they're about to get really close. And you've never been there before. That's vulnerable. You're exposed. And so you, 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 we got these little, uh, you know, <laughs> security systems. You know what I'm saying? You know, you'd be creating arguments. You know, because now you got to change at the root. Because when they get to your heart, now you got to expose it and you got you to gotta adjust some things, Right? See, that diligent discipline will walk you right into the very thing that God's been after the whole time. All your heart, soul, and strength, right? And that's what, that's what it is. This, this uh, we're going to talk about, uh, I don't know if it's going to be Sunday or Wednesday, but uh, the message is a plan to change. It's, 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 we're going to talk about all this, right? right? But, but it's, it's that place you get, you get to where, where now it's time to make that exchange. Uh, Psalm 88, 4 and 5. Psalm 88, 4 and 5. Well, I think I want to read it King James first. Hold on. Psalm 88. I verse 4 says... It says, I am encountered with them that go down into the pit 
to the pit. I am as a man that has no strength. Look, free among the dead. It says, like the slain that lie in the grave whom thou remembereth no more, they are cut off from thy hand. Uh, the Amplified says this. It says, I'm encountered among those who go down into the pit, the grave. I am like a man who has no help or strength, a mere shadow. It says, cast, cast away among the dead like the slain that lie in a nameless grave. Right? Whom you seriously remember no more, they are cut off from your hand. So, so again, if we don't embrace this diligent discipline, we're, we're just operating with no strength. See, see, a person that doesn't quit like men quits a lot. And a person that quits a lot stays stagnant. A person that stays stagnant is they're free. Because you know how people say, listen, it don't take all that. Because this, this is what you're dealing with. You're dealing with growing in the kingdom of God. And I was sharing this with somebody today. I was like, I was uh, sharing it with somebody I'm close with. And we were just talking. I said, listen, growing a church and growing up in church, hey, that, that's not for the faint of heart. Like, that's, that ain't for no, that ain't no easy task. Because especially what you deal with in this world, you're growing up in the church, but what, what you deal with, with the people that's dealing with the stuff in the world, growing the church. I said, but you have to be genuine. You have to be consistent. And you have to stay locked in because lives are at stake. Because if we don't challenge people not to quit, like, you know, so, so, so you know, he's playing in the game. He's playing in a, uh, so we had the, the semifinals before the finals. So in the semifinals, we only had five people. So one of the guys, we just told him, listen, we're going to play a zone, stay back here. They don't know you injured. But hang in here. Hang in there. Don't, don't, don't get in your mind. Do only what you can. So we win the game. We go into the championship game. We had to play it right after. First play, the guy gets a break and somebody throws in a ball. He misses the ball. He doesn't like mistakes. So he goes off, man, you don't understand, man. He's yelling out, man, my hamstrings hurt. Nobody knew. And for the rest of the time, man, y'all understand, I didn't, I didn't really miss it on purpose, this, that, and that. I'm like, do you understand? Nobody knew. We could have hid you. So we end up losing the game because they kept attacking him. He quit. Like he gave up. And this is what happens when, when the scripture says, free among the dead, sometimes we're challenged and we give up because we go, it don't take all that, that's too much work. So, hey, uh, ain't nobody telling me what, I, what to do. I'm gonna do my own thing. You free among the dead, among, among everybody else that's, that's ending up in nameless graves. But we're not designed for nameless graves. We're designed where people wanna show up and go, Man, if it wasn't for this person right here buried, I don't know where would I be in my life. You understand what I'm saying? Like, we're not, we're not trying to be free among the dead, right? We're trying to be free among the living, right? right so the scripture says, the sufferings of this present time aren't worthy to be compared to the glory which shall be revealed in us, Romans 8.18. So it's saying that there are present time suffering, Right? Or, or, or restrain retaliation allowances. In other words, I'm dealing with stuff. I'm, I'm I, like, 
I, I'm looked at as, as, as if I have no value, even though I have all value, Jamal. So, so there, there are people out ahead of me that's guiding and telling me stuff, but I actually have more gifting than they do, but I have to sit under them as tutors and governors until God's appointed time. So no matter how it looks, I have to operate in wisdom to navigate through without letting them know I'm coming. Because if they know I'm coming, they're going to sabotage me. You see what I'm saying? Sometimes we, we're talking too much. Like you're supposed to be creeping through the woods. You, hey, who that? That's the bullet that's about to blow your head off, man. Why you letting them know you're coming? Why you always got to let them know you're coming? Shut up. Like you, you get enough heat from the adversary already. You trying to add on to folk? You just let, uh, is this in plan to change? No, nah, this, is, this is another message coming up. So it's not planned to change. Is it covert or something? I forgot. It's, but but it's, 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 it's how to, to, to elevate behind the scenes. I might change the title to that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sweetheart, text me that. How to elevate behind the scenes. That's, 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 that's the new name of the message. <laughs> All right? And, and so, so but, but when you are behind, you can't, see, you got to be diligently disciplined. Do you understand them soldiers have to be stealth, right? Man, you can't just be running around making noise. You know, stomping on the leaves, making noise, like, you know, letting them know where your position is. It ain't for them to know where your position is. It's for the people rolling with you to know what position you're in, right? Right? But, but some of us just lie, just making noise. Well, you know, complaining, you know, we, we all, we go, you know, we on the mission. Yeah, you know, we, we stealth. Well, I don't understand why I got to be the third person in the line. Why I got to be in the back? Well, why I got to be overwatch? You know, they're always getting all the action. Pay your position and shut up. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's, that's bad for the kids. I forgot. Curse words for kids. Shut up. Oh, okay, good. I'll just... Did... <laughs> ah, I love you. All right, so... The scripture says, 1 Peter 5, 10, after you have suffered a while. Look, look, look. After you have suffered a while. So we got to allow some things. See, see, you ever, you ever, sometimes it's like, we don't go through, we can't be inconvenienced at all. Everything is about our convenience. But go through it. Go through the process. Right? You're going you're gonna to impact somebody else's life. Because you can talk to them about getting through because you went through. As opposed to your conversation, man, man, hey, I don't know, how, how you even dealing with that? Man, you're going to need a miracle. I don't know how anybody deals with that. No, go on through, y'all. Go on through, right? Yeah, let it work itself out. You know, sorrow now will be joy tomorrow, right? So, so, so again, again, so we're talking, because we're talking about diligent discipline, Let's challenge ourselves to meditate on that word day and night. Do all that's written therein. Then shall we make our way prosperous, and then shall we shall have good success. Stay locked in on it. Don't, don't keep looking up to see, are we there yet? No, no, don't, don't reveal your position. Just stay locked in on, meditate on the word day and night till you get your results. But we meditate. I've been meditating. I've been meditating for a whole six months. Wonderful. Did you get where you want to go? Then why you come up for air? 
You see what I'm saying? Like, like, like that's what we're doing. Like, get, stay locked in until you get it. Be confident in this very thing that he that's begun a good work will perform it into the day of Christ Jesus, right? Be confident. The scripture says, cast not away your confidence, but for it has great recompense of reward, right? Cat, don't cast away your confidence. Not your confidence in you, your confidence in him. Hebrews 10.35. It says, but, but, but it says, cast not away your confidence. It has reward is coming, right? The next scripture says, you have need of patience, though. After you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. So we go, well, I did the will a little bit. No, the will is complete will. <laughs> not partial will. Having the readiness to avenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. It's his complete will. Pastor Mel did a teaching on the perfect will of God, right? Uh, so I just grabbed all her notes, and I did a teaching on it too, right? But the thing is, the perfect will, the complete will, or perfect is complete will of God. Not, eh, well, I mean, I'm close somewhere in the vicinity, or your blessings are close somewhere in the vicinity. I mean, it, it would only be right, right? <laughs> right? So the Scripture says all things work together, Right? for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. I know I say the exact scripture, but it all works together. But you got to see it through. You got to see it work out for his good. You got to stay on that wrong road till you get to the reroute. Right? Finish that thing through. See, what's, it, this is what makes the great great. They go through. They finish. They complete. Right? This is what makes the great Great. First uh, John five fourteen says this. It says, and this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to look, look His will, that complete perfect will, He hears us. And if we and we know, and if we know that He hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of Him. So, if I'm locked into his perfect will, and I'm, I'm asking to complete his will. It's just like, let's say we give you an assignment. So let's say we give you an assignment. I don't know. Uh, we're going to um, renovate the bathrooms and change the foyer. And so, so we get a call, and Terrence says, well, uh, we need to purchase drywall. Well, he's asking according to what? The will of getting the bathroom done. We definitely hear him. And he gets what he wants. Right? But let's say he says, yeah, well, we need some, um, uh, we need some uh, center blocks, uh, about 500 center blocks. I'm like, what does that got to do with the, <laughs> the, the bathrooms in the foyer? <laughs> so that, that's, that he's not asking in harmony with the will of getting the foyer and the bathroom done. He's trying to, you know, build, you know, something out in front of his house. <laughs> right? So I'm not, we're, we're not providing for that. Does that make sense? Right? So we ask according to his will, and God hears us, man. We can have what we desire from him. That's what makes the great great. And that's why, like, when I say uh, don't reveal yourself too soon, remember we had talked about the message on contentment. Just stay in that pocket and let God reveal you. We're going to talk about that in, uh, I forgot what I called the message, but you know, how to elevate from behind the scenes, right? Because um, we talked about this when we talked about cons contentment. 
Contentment is not seeking a platform or a ministry, but the fruit of a disciplined life. So, so, so when, I'm, when I'm locked into what God told me and I'm content in my path and my pace, I'm just diligently disciplined. And you know what I'm seeking? The fruit that's a result of my diligent disciplined life. I'm not seeking a particular platform or uh, or props or ministry, because what I'm seeking could be less than what God has for me. So, but if I stay locked in, when God resurrects me, He's gonna resurrect me into what He's purpose and plan for my life, and that's the fruit of a disciplined life. And so, so again, it's 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 confident in this very thing that He's been doing good work or performing until the day of Christ Jesus, right? It's confident. So confidence isn't. Um, confidence in God isn't swag. It's peace. Confidence in God isn't swag. It's not about swag. It's peace. I have a peace. And so I, when you see me, I look confidently content and, and, and locked into my diligent discipline. And you've been doing that for a while, but when, when God going to give you something? I'm not playing off of that. I'm staying locked into what God told me to do. Hey, such and such, look at what they got. I'm not, I'm not coming up for air to see what, what they got. That doesn't change me. I got I to gotta st- <laughs> stay locked in to what I'm doing. Be confident in this very thing that he has begun a good work or perform into the day of Christ Jesus. David said, I would have fainted. I would have given up unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Psalm 27, 13. Right? I would have fainted. I would have given up unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You notice that's not in heaven, right? The land of the living is now, here. He says, I would have quit. That's what give up means. I would have quit, right? That's why the scripture says, be not weary and well-doing. You'll reap if you faint not, if you don't quit. Stay diligent. Stay disciplined. Don't faint in your heart, all right? So, so that, you know, when you're in solid discipline, what that looks like is you're running without incentive. When I'm, in, when I'm in solid discipline, I'm running without incentive. I don't need props. I don't need, I don't need to know. I just need to, I'm locked in. And it becomes a lifestyle and you look up and you find yourselves in places you never thought possible. There's something with being diligent, discipline that God just rewards. You find yourself in places. You know, when you're, you're diligent in the word, you know, you get opportunities to minister and share. Uh, people, when you're diligent in the kingdom, people are constantly want to use you to, to oversee and to do things because they know they can trust you because they see your diligent discipline. You know, things start opening up at your job because you think different, you act different. And your level of consistency challenges everybody in the room. And so, you know, when we cheat these things, look at the situations where we've either lost jobs, uh, lost opportunities, blue situations. Normally, we, we quit. We got lazy in our diligence and our discipline. Or we took a bribe, right? But when we've been diligent and disciplined, stuff just opens up for us. So, so you know, especially if, you, if you're getting back on diligence, you know, don't, don't keep looking to the left or the right. Don't keep saying, are we there yet? 
train yourself with this is how I live. You know, and, and, and I think about these things um, because I looked up, like, like I'm transparent. I, I accepted Jesus and I said I, I, I went to, I lived in the world to extremes. So when I accepted Jesus, I said, well, I'm going to have to do this. If I'm going to do this for the devil, I got to do this for the kingdom. So I've told that story before. But the interesting thing is what I decided is as much as I knew now, some stuff I just didn't know, I got into the word. You know, then I just started to, that led me to be in environments that were into the word. But I just decided to get locked in. I wasn't pursuing being a pastor. I was pursuing being a professional basketball player. That was my goal. But I got, just kept pressing in that word. I met my wife, first thing came out of my mouth, are you a minister? I carried my Bible everywhere I went. Because I wanted, I didn't want to miss an opportunity to get into the word. When I was working for the corrections, I, once I got that unit, like I told you, consistent, where it ran itself, I just studied all day. While they watch movies, I didn't watch the movie, I studied. Well, you know, when we, we got in at seven, we didn't have to get them out of bed until like 8, 8.30. I was in a corner somewhere reading the word. And I remember there's a guy, he came to me, he says, man, I saw the pattern. I said, what pattern? He says, you used to be off in the corner reading your word. He says, and you were talking about, all right, now, y'all can listen to me or not listen to me, but eventually I'm going to be out of here. A lot of times you're in institutions like corrections, you, you get stuck. You're there for like 20, 30 years. I was like, okay. He said, man, I looked up and you was gone. He says, when you left, this other guy, he started going off into the corner reading his word. I looked up, he was gone. Then another guy, he was going off in the corner reading his word, and I looked up, he was going. So you know what I did? He said, I start going off into the corner to read my word. And, you know, he ended up leaving. He ended up uh, traveling with this uh, Christian um, group called the Power Team and stuff like that. Um, but but he, when he told me that story, I wasn't doing it for that. But, but look at the results of us just getting into the word. Like, like doors just opened up. Opportunities over. What the pastor told me back then was, God told me, we was uh, walking outside one day in the park, like pulled up, said, God told me to hire you. And he said, God told me, you, you have to hire that guy. I wasn't ordained or licensed. But God said, he need, God told him he needed me as an employee at that church. Yes, and I wasn't running around, I can't wait till I work for the church. I didn't even know you could work for a church. You know, because I, I, I never was a part of a church family. But, but it was diligent discipline, right? And I remember my wife, because uh, she's always had an anointing, a call on her life. She, she used to go to hospitals, stuff like that. And when we got together, you know, I was pressing ministry, and she would be like, almost like, you go, baby. Like, you know, like, you got that. But God started to challenge her in her own life. She's like, man. Let me stop playing around with this guy, you know, and I'm going to get diligent discipline. Things just start opening up. Because she said the other day, her process was easier than mine. Like, she just called out to be ordained. I had to go through all types of tests and hurdles and stuff like that. But <laughs> I ain't nobody asked you about the favor ain't fair. But, but, but the result is the same, diligent discipline. Now, yes, we're pastor in the church, but we don't, we're not exempt from diligent discipline. We still have to operate. We had a wonderful weekend. We're still not diligent. 
from diligent discipline. I still had to have to prepare stuff for Sunday, you know, and I'm not even doing that. You know what I'm saying? Nothing changed. Like, you st we still got to be locked in and handle business, you know. I still had to create the, the, the artwork and stuff like that. I got to send it to you today. Um, but, like, not, like, all the things we do, I still, I still had to love on my wife, still had to work out, still had to, you know, I was just uh, trying to triangulate when we're going to have our, uh, our ordination interviews. and Like, that stuff just don't get thro thrown to the side because we had a weekend. We got to get back and get, get handling business, right? So we still have to be diligent and disciplined. Like, and I shared this with somebody. Even when I teach, I've taught spiritual authority. I don't know how many times. I don't know, 10, 15, 20. I don't know how many times. But when I, when I start the class, I don't go, I already taught this. You know, <laughs> I got notes. No, no, no. I'm reading through the book, too. Y'all reading through the book? No, I'm ahead of y'all. <laughs> y'all reading through the book? I'm reading through the book. Well, after this weekend, somebody might have caught up, you know. But I'm saying, why? And I'm not just going to be too familiar with what, what, what I've learned. I'm still trying to learn other stuff. Because I'm required to be diligent and disciplined too. Pastor Mel's required to be diligent and disciplined too. You know, I was talking to her this morning. Hey, hold on a second. I got to finish this chapter. So, no, no, we're not exempt. You know, everybody has to be diligent and disciplined. Does that make sense? Look, it's, hey, it's something waiting. I'm telling you, it's something waiting. You know, I'm telling you, something waiting. You know, it's final quarter. So, <laughs> all right? There's some stuff waiting. All right, so let's, let's, uh, Open it up for either questions, comments, either online. If you're so led, you can call in to the number at the bottom of the screen, or you can um, chat if you have a thought or something stood out for you or you realize something, or if you're here at the house and um, you care to share what's really was stirring up in you, please grab the microphone um, 